a very good e evening. Happy Monday and welcome to Fools or Shin. I hope you all enjoyed what OSC had for you uh, earlier this evening and uh, you'll enjoy tonight just as much. Uh, we have got uh, former Swindon player Aaron Oakley joining us uh, to, to talk about his time at Swindon Town and what he's up to now, uh, plus some pre-season chats with some of the regular panellists. Before we say uh, hello to everyone, and, uh, and we do tonight's big opening question. Let's roll the titles. Take my hands, take my whole life too, but I can't help falling in As always with our live streams, um, live chat is available on Facebook and YouTube. Um, Twitter notifications are on as well. So if you want to join the discussion, got any questions or comments on anything said tonight, please do get involved. Uh, as I can see, Liam has done early doors. Uh, well, hello, long time no see. Yes, if you don't have enough of, uh, of me chatting nonsense for a couple of hours twice a week, um, I was invited as a guest onto the Real EFL pod, uh, which will be out, I imagine, possibly tomorrow, but definitely later this week. Um, so I get to feature on there as a guest as well. So there's more Fifey for everyone if you can't get enough. Um, let's start by saying hello to a young man who snuck into the lobby uh, as the countdown was being played. Delighted to say happy Monday to Woody. How are you, buddy? Hello. Happy Monday. How are you? I'm very, very well, thank you, sir. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um, I don't know if you've seen in the chat, your signal keeps going every now and then. And I'm yeah, Nick was saying. As well. um, and I noticed last week, I had a quick look back on the thingy, and my video seemed really kind of misty. Does it look misty to you? Ignoring the blur background, I mean, literally me. Um, no, you look like you normally do. Um, oh, although okay. I must say you're a lot brighter toned in person. Uh, see, all these people go on holidays for uh, getting their tans. <laughs> I just need to spend a couple of uh, weeks in pre-season, and then uh, and then voila, I'm I'm tanned like a Turk. Um, so, and I can say that because I have a Turkish stepdaughter. Before anybody jumps on the racist bandwagon, um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it's uh, gearing up to be a good week um, for me personally. Uh, more to come on that, and. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to this week and the air tattoo this weekend as well. So really getting into the summer now. So um, yeah, yeah nah. it's going to be a busy one. I'm looking forward to see, speaking to Aaron tonight as well with quite an interesting uh, uh, background um, in terms of uh, his, oh, his career path. So. 100%. Uh, but yes, fear not on, on any remarks you make, Woody. I know you, you wouldn't anyway, being a, a stalwart of FRI as you are. But uh, if you get the chance, the aforementioned real EFL, you wait till the link that I get brought into, and then, oh, no. uh, and then, well, needless to say, I, I was I was lost for words, lost for words. Um, I, I said we had a question, um, and I'm going to upset our regular viewers. It's not a food-based question this week. Oh, thank God for that. But something caught my eye on Twitter earlier today, and I just had to steal it and and ask. Yourself oh, and uh, and ask ask anyone watching along. It was this tweet here 
um, which simply says, OK, Twitter, can you settle a debate in the house? What is the correct way to dry jeans? And there is picture A, where the washing line is hanging from the legs, and picture B, where they're not hanging by the legs. Um, I would say A, because the waistband is thicker, so you want that not to be curled up around the wire and pegged up. See, that's interesting, because I would say B. Yeah. Um, B I, don't, I don't have a washing line, so for me, that's tumble dryer material. <laughs> <laughs> the correct way is a tumble dryer. Either a, a or B, just go straight for C, and then you get that nice, tight, tight feeling when you put your jeans on that you feel that you're skinny for about 35 seconds. <laughs> uh, well, indeed. Uh, obviously, you would go straight in with an option C. Um, <laughs> I could see straight away uh, Jez saying uh, more Fifey for everyone is a winning line there. Well, thank you. Yeah, there's plenty of Fifey to go around. I'm, I'm not the smallest of gentlemen, that's for sure. Uh, Liam getting involved in the early chat. A, and anyone who says B needs sectioning. <laughs> a gives multiple points of movement. Um, Mike says, I would say A, but do B. <laughs> obviously and uh joe uh b peg marks on the bottom of the jeans i don't iron there we go there's the answer <laughs> um we have as you said um got well we've got a couple of panelists waiting in the background so i might just bring them in a bit quick just to answer that question and then they uh they've offered to sit in the background to give uh to give our guest full uh full sort of screen time so nick let me bring you in quickly good evening good evening uh, we know, obviously, you're a very domesticated gentleman. You do a lot of the housework at home. Which of those options are you drying the jeans on, A or B? Well, you've you've just stolen my thunder because I'm not allowed anywhere near things like washing and hanging stuff out because whichever way I do it, it will be wrong. So, <laughs> um, and probably tumble dryer is best, yeah, because you then get a nice tight fit as Woody says, just for a short while. So Anyone who's saying tumble dryer at this time of the year is not bothered about the cost of living crisis, is all I'm saying. No, I told you before, <laughs> I just worry about the cost of dying. I ain't worried about cost of living. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nick. We will see you again shortly. Okay, spot on. And I can see you also sneaking in. Uh, evening, Ben. Evening, all. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. See yourself? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Not too bad. It's been a good day. Um, working hard, but at the gym. Good lad, good lad. And you also got your new Swindon top today. I do actually. I should wear it. I'll put it on when I come back on. I, I've nice. got to put it on, so I'll uh, stick it on in a bit. I'm going to take an educated guess, knowing you as well as I do, that if I was to ask you the proper way of drying jeans, you're going to be the sort of guy that says in the airing cupboard. Well, yeah. I, what was the what was the question? I, I, I've I've been trying to get my little new iPad sorted, so I'm on new technology today. So I saw this tweet earlier, uh, oh. and it says the proper way to dry jeans. Oh, good shout. Um, do you know what? I am I've I've done it both ways. So um I understand. <laughs> That's not the first um, time you've said that either, is it? Yeah, no, I, I I've been known to do it both ways. Um I think with jeans, because they're quite weighty at the bottom, if you do the top bit, because the bit that takes the longest to dry is the actual waist. So if you pin it by the waist and fold it over, it's just going to still be damp and the rest of it dry. So if you do it by the legs, the bottom bit gets an airing and gets proper dry. Nice. I like Thank that. You, ben. Scientific explanation. Scientific, like that, Ben. Nice. See, it's not bad. I used to be domesticated once, so, um, <laughs> yeah. 
Well, thank you very much and uh, look forward to speaking to you in a little bit. I'm glad I've done my bit. Thanks very much, lads. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as I welcome tonight's guest on, uh, Woody, um, just prior, um, it's very important. A lot of people would have seen this now, so I think we're okay sharing it. The wonderful news that our very owner, Wazza, and his beloved Ellen are becoming a family of four instead of a family of three. So huge, huge congratulations. Indeed. <laughs> uh, buzzing for the entire family. Uh, was so made up when I saw that news. Congratulations to them all. Um, well, I suppose uh, he's been waiting very patiently. Uh, let's say hello and good evening to Aaron. Uh, welcome to Falls Rush In. Hello. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You, uh, so we've now been live for 11 minutes, and you'll understand entirely when I said we're not the strict, professional, serious outfit that other, that other people are when we're starting with Jeans Chat. <laughs> uh, option B for me. Good lad. Yes. Like that, I'm getting involved with the, uh, <laughs> the options as well. <laughs> that's, your, that's your initiation done. Yeah. Well, uh, so Nick and I were talking to Aaron, and we, and we both said he'd make the perfect Fools regular because he's well over six foot and uh, he's sporting a bit of facial hair. So. <laughs> he's absolutely ideal candidate for a regular uh, panellist spot. Um, again, thank you for taking time out of your evening. I know there's a lot going on at home right now. Uh, so very grateful that you were able to make it uh, tonight. Um, I know you've seen some of the stuff we did, and, and you were saying that you actually watched the, the Ty Balfour one the other day. So it will run very similarly. Just going to ask you a few questions. Woody will pipe up with a few comments as well, I'm sure, and uh, hopefully just have a bit of a laugh for an hour or so. Yeah, no worries. Sounds, sounds good. Um, I remember many moons ago... Um, getting to talk to you when I was writing stuff for the wash bag and, and found your story, uh, like Woody had to say, actually, very interesting um, because as fans, you hear a lot about people coming up and, and there's a lot of hype around certain certain players and, and you were certainly one of those. But if we can go right back to before those times, I, I always start um, with the question, how early did you kind of get into football and, and know that's what you want to do? Because I know you were in the, the academy for, what, a decade? Yeah, so, well, I joined when I was sort of eight. I think that was the youngest you could join then, eight years old. But before that, it was um, Wutton Bassett. So I started at Wutton Bassett when I was, I think we had an under six team or something. Mm -hmm. Nothing serious, just uh, go and have a kick about. And then, <clears throat> yeah, within two years you people are talking about academies and i initially went to reading um okay. and then got to sort of eight just before i was nine and um and then my parents went through a divorce and they couldn't commit to the traveling and whatnot which is understand i understand it now i didn't have a clue back then yeah. um and yeah then jimmy fraser got in touch and it was back to like Swindon, which was ideal. So yeah, it was. It started when I was young, probably kicking a ball from as soon as I could walk, um, and then yeah, in the academy system by eight years old. Um. So is it? Forgive me for asking. Is it one or both of your parents that, that the Welsh background comes from? Is it just your mum that's Welsh, or is it both parents? No, it's both. So okay, both met in school, and then gran granddad and yeah so majority of my family uh 
Swansea based, I, I remember you saying. Uh, does that mean you were were you growing up a, a Swansea fan? Uh yeah, they were like they were like that team that I kept an eye on. I didn't really support them, but I was at the playoff final when they lost to Barnsley on penalties. Um, Akin Fenwin missed the one over the bar. Yeah, uh, I was there. I watched. Um, I used to go and watch Wales a lot as well. So I I'd been to the odd game, but I wasn't like a diehard fan. But my uncle was, so they were like my second team, if you like. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So. Um, in your your time within Swindon Towns Academy, you had a lot of um, well-respected coaches during your during your sort of infant years in football. Um, was there any, even to this day, any messages you can remember or any lessons that you were taught then that you, you take right through to to sitting here now talking about it? Uh, a few harsh ones. Um, <laughs> certain John Trollope when I was 14 um, told me, are we allowed to swear? Yeah, 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 you can swear, mate, it's fine. <laughs> he said, you're like fucking Bambi on ice. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this like, I can't really say anything to him because he's played however many games for Swindon. So I just sort of shut up and listened to what he had to say. But um, yeah, he was uh, a hard man, but um, I think he had my best interests deep down but yeah to hear that at 14 it's not it's not ideal um <laughs> but a good coach and yeah look Jimmy Fraser brought me in who went on to go to Chelsea we had Jeremy Newton who was there Paul Bowden um yeah so many good coaches who who had an influence really were they I mean you mentioned four there were they all similar um sort of characters in their coaching approach or were they all completely different all different, which I think was like was so good because you had John Trollope, who was old school. Paul Bowden was sort of old school, but he's the new, he's in that sort of new era where he knows things have to be introduced, like more modern things, if you like. Yeah. Um, and then you had Jeremy Newton, who from he's a Bassett lad, and from when he was younger, he was a bit of a known to be a bit of a character. Like he was funny, he used to do impressions, and so each of them had their own sort of characteristics that made them like their own coach, really. And I mean, you said it was sort of what eight nine years old that, that you got into Swindon's Academy. At, at what point do you kind of do you decide, or are you sort of naturally given the fact that defence is going to be your position? Uh, no, I was about because I joined as a centre midfielder, so it was actually my age group was like me, Louis Thompson, Jordan Turnbull, and we were all sort of centre midfielders. And now, obviously, you look at Jordan now, he's moved back to centre back, um, with his height. Um, but I was a centre midfielder originally, but I think it was about I think it was when I got to about 11 or 12, we played Reading and someone wasn't there and the classic oh Aaron you go and You're fill in yeah. um and I don't know how because we I think we got battered five now but somehow they were like oh you looked all right there I was like we just conceded five like, <laughs> but somehow they must have they've, they've been losing they were losing 10 nil every week that's why Aaron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 so, result um 
But yes, from that game, yeah, it must have been 11 or 12. They were like, oh, I think you could make a good centre-back. And then turns out I had a growth spurt and yeah, it was probably the right decision. <laughs> you certainly did have a growth spurt. Yeah, that, that carried on uh, for many years. Um, you mentioned a couple of names there, but you were, you were actually part of quite a talented age group coming through, weren't you? I mean, you mentioned Jordan and, and Louis there. Yeah, yes. Um, yeah, and a lot of us, obviously Jordan went on to sign for Southampton when he was 14, 15. Louis come all the way through. Um, yeah, we had some other players who still went on to do okay um i know i know a few of them that i've still got on social media and then again year below and year above you look at some of the players that have come through and um yeah some people have gone on to to do well for themselves so yeah it certainly was quite a uh quite a good era for uh for young footballers coming through at swindon at that particular time um it comes to the point of you start, in fact, before we get to that, you start to get some international recognition at youth levels with, with Wales. Uh, and I can imagine that's incredibly, I mean, without stereotyping, even though it's a positive stereotype, Welsh people are generally very passionate, enthusiastic, regardless of sport, about representing their country. So coming from a such strong Welsh background, I imagine even at youth international level, it's very proud for both you and your family. Yeah, so even as a kid, it was your Welsh. Although I was born in Swindon, all my family Welsh. I I don't know if I've even been to watch England play, but I've been to watch Wales play multiple times. So, and I know you get the whole banter of like, oh, you're an Englishman playing for Wales, but when your whole family is Welsh, yeah, um, then yeah, people are hugely passionate and yeah it was it was something that i'd always wanted to happen but didn't think it would and then when it did happen i was like shit i'm actually doing this and yeah like a bit surreal sort of thing um but yeah very welcomed and uh, uh forgive me I, I didn't go into to full depth but i actually think it was quite a talented welsh age group that as well wasn't it yeah, so when I first went in, I actually was going to go into the Victory Shield squad when I was, you know, they play on Sky Sports yep. of England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales. And I went down to Swansea and um, obviously Paul Bowden was a massive help in me getting into the, the Wales teams. Um, and yeah, he, he sort of said, oh, uh, Brian Flynn's going to come and watch you today. And I sort of knew who he was, but... Like at the time, I I wasn't too clued up. Yeah, did a bit of research, and I was like, okay, this guy is a bit of a legend. And uh, yeah, I broke my ankle in the first five minutes, uh, and yeah, hopped off. And so I was like, oh, that's it, done. But yeah, then I went into the next squad when I was like a year later when I was fit again. And yeah, I think um, trying to think some of the players who were around then we had. Declan John was there, he went on to play for Cardiff and, and Wales first team. Uh, the centre-back who was next to me called Declan Daly and he was at Man United, he'd been bought from Cardiff. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that sort of, there was a lot of Cardiff Swansea players, a few, few Premier League players, if you like, for their uh, youth teams. But yep. yeah, um, yeah, good bunch really. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, I just flashed up a comment there from Mike. 
uh, who uh, obviously I wish uh, Mike well as well. I know he's going through a, a bit of a time at the moment, so sending him our best. He said, I remembered watching Aaron playing from the youth team up at Wombra. I was always surprised more of that squad didn't come through, some decent players within that team. Um, it was coming back um, from one of those youth call-ups um, that Decanio had suddenly become manager. And, well, I'm sure I could talk to you for hours about some of the stuff that, that happened. And hopefully we will touch on a, a few stories here. But uh, what was your initial reaction? And, what, and what, was, uh, what was your first sort of interaction with him like? Uh, so I, it was a, uh, was it because we played crew on, I think that must have been a Tuesday night game. So this must have been on the Monday. And I remember we used to go to college, then we'd come back and we'd train in the afternoon. And I, my, one of my ex-girlfriends used to live around the corner from the county ground. Okay. But I'd ran in to drop off her makeup bag or something stupid like that. Ended up sort of like sitting down, having a drink, like having a quick bite to eat. Looked at the time for thought, oh, I better go to training. And as I'm driving into the county ground, the minibus is going past me. Oh, and no. I thought, oh, for God's sake. So I <laughs> ran in, got my kit, drove up to Wombra myself, and I thought, oh, Bodes hasn't, he's not noticed. He didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought I got away with it. And uh, he was fuming. He pulled me He pulled me over. He said, everyone go and warm up. He said, um, he said, you're like, you've had it now, basically. He was like, you're going to be doing this. You're going to be doing these runs at the end of training. I was like, oh. And then anyway, long story short, when we got back to the county ground later on, um, some said, oh, Bodes wants to see you in his office. And he said, you'll never guess what. He said, you're in the squad tomorrow. And I was like, right. And he was like, with the first team, he was like, I don't believe it. You're pissing about at your girlfriend's, dropping makeup off. And <laughs> and now you're in the... F and he said, but in all fairness, he said, well deserved, blah, blah, blah. And then... Yeah, the following day I was traveling up to Crew and I was on the bench. So a bit of a weird one how it came about. Um, but yeah, straight into the hotel, roomed with, I think it was Alan McCormack. Um, and then nice. they sort of sat me down, welcome. Um, and they went through in case I had to come on. And I was thinking, please don't put me on. Um, <laughs> not ready for this. Um, but he was like, if you need to come on, what do you think of this? And I was like... I think I should do this. And they were like, yeah, good. Right, see you, see you in the morning for breakfast. So, yeah, within 24 hours, it all happened very quickly. Um, a lot of um, a lot of players, whether that it's been with us or, or other different content, not even Swindon Town, I know a lot of uh, a lot of ex-Swindon players have done like the Cy Ferry stuff um, previously. Uh, one word that, that scripts springs up a lot sorry is uh they've never been fitter would that be would that be fair to say yeah yeah um there was a few like comments flying around like swindon harriers um not necessarily swindon football club um because you were doing yeah at least at least two two or three running sessions a week and it doesn't sound a lot but it wasn't just like i'll oh, go for a jog it was like you could be sick at the end of it, that type of running. Um, but it probably paid off in the end because like of how fit everyone was. And when you get into sort of 80, 85 minutes in a game and the other teams are 
uh, sort of slowing down, it gave it gave the boys sort of the energy to to carry on. So, but um, Christ, I I reckon I still have nightmares sometimes about some of the like I didn't think my body was that capable of running that far and that fast and it was just it, yeah some of the runs were were unbelievable. Um, did the the squad as a whole obviously went on to to achieve great things that season? Uh, was that a kind of a feel that that was always likely to happen? Even that there was a rocky start um, after a couple of games. Was was that always kind of a camaraderie and a belief that that was always going to happen within the team? Um, yeah. So when so I I just turned eighteen. So yeah. and then in the October. So beginning of October, I turned 18. Just towards the end of October, I went into the first team. So I missed that initial bit. Yeah. Um, and then I went in. And from that point, um, for me, it was just like, wow, I'm in this environment. Um, obviously, he's top-class player. Now he's a manager. It was just a bit surreal. So I was just in the mind frame of go in, do as I'm told, train, go to the gym, go home, repeat. I just kept my head down. and But you think of some of the signings made, um, like I think Tommy Miller and Gary Roberts had just lost the championship playoff final. And then a couple of months later, they're joining Swindon in League Two. So yeah. signing players of that calibre, um, yeah, there was definitely a belief. Obviously, you had Sai, you had Paul Caddis, you had... You had some big names in there um, and lads who've played at the level above and, and the level above that. So, yeah, there's definitely, I wouldn't say there was an arrogance, maybe from De Canio, he was very arrogant. <laughs> um, but from the lads, they were they were just confident, I think, because they knew that these players shouldn't be in League Two. Um, so, yeah, it was just a, a good confidence within the group. It's amazing what a... Uh an experienced and a quality signing or two can do, isn't it, Woody? I'm looking forward to talking about some of those throughout the rest of the summer. Yeah, what are they? What are they? <laughs> now now we're relying on our young 18-year-olds to be the uh, to be the experienced ones. <laughs> um so, so you mentioned um you, you spoke about some of the, the running training uh training sessions. Um for fans, we obviously love that that period. Um, those of us who were watching Swindon season ticket holders, regular match goers, we, we were loving that period because it was it was the drama, it was, you know, and, and it was all centered around Paolo at that time. Do, do you think that helped the players that the attention was so much on him? You guys could just whether it was regular starters, whether it was people like yourself who were making the bench and may come on, may not. Do you think that helped the squad as a whole, that the attention wasn't on them? Um, yeah, it helped me because I just sort of slipped under the radar. I was just <laughs> I was just there. But, yeah, I think it was just like, like I spoke to friends and family and they were like it was just a big circus, wasn't it? It was yeah. everyone... you'd. People would say they'd look forward to turning up to the games, but not necessarily to watch the game, just to watch him. Yeah. When he used to smash the dugout and like <laughs> run over the technical line and like it was just pure entertainment. And like obviously fans won't know this, but you'd be on the bench and like you'd be like trying not to laugh. 
And you'd have to like, because he's going mental at Fabrizio and smashing the dugout and shouting and and you're sort of sat there trying to like not look at him because you don't want him to have a go at you for laughing. Yeah. But then lads are like nudging each other like he's off on my... And it was just like a massive circus. Um, but that probably, yeah, that probably helped the players because they could just go and perform and know that he... He was going to get all the attention. What was uh, well, there's been various stories. Um, is there anything in particular about that period when Paolo was there that you remember? Whether it's a uh, something funny that happened or or any, any stories like that that that, you, that just stick out in your mind if when someone asks you about it. Yeah, just uh, doing the best analysis session you've ever seen in your life. Um, okay. It was, I think, it was well documented. He, I think we drew with like Hartlepool or something and they were like two from the bottom and we thought I oh, like it can happen sometimes you don't you don't play your best they're fighting for their lives no not with this man he was fuming um there was no such thing as an off day you had to perform every week but and I was just this young lad sat on the bench and we come in and he goes mental and he's flipping the boot tin and the programs. And he said, right, everyone in at six o'clock tomorrow. And everyone's sort of looking at each other like, nah, he's, he's winding us up. And then he was like, no, everyone six o'clock tomorrow. <laughs> so doing the analysis and he's just screaming and this is how you tackle it. And he's up at Liddington where we used to train. Yeah, We used to go in like the little class bit all the chairs are set out that old school carpet that had like ridges in it yeah. he's knee sliding along this carpet <laughs> and trying to put his foot through a wall to show Aidan Flint how to tackle properly <laughs> and I'm just sat there like I've like I've never seen anything like this in my life um Paul Bowden used to sit there and do a few clips and it was nice and calm and then you've got this guy and like full-on slide tackling along this carpet in shorts and trying to volley the wall because you didn't tackle a player right. Like, it's just little things like that. Like, every day you turn up, you didn't know, like, you sort of had butterflies because you were like, shit, what's going to happen? Like, who's going to get, like, slapped around? The he just used to slap people. <laughs> just, like, walk in, he'd be like, hi, I'm not like a little... Morning, lads. Bang. Like, <laughs> like shit. Like, Medi Caruso all the time. Medi, bang. Like, just slap down... He didn't really do it to me, but the older lads just, yeah, it was just a story just, every day. I just love the thought of him walking up to Aiden Flint and just smacking him. Yeah, yeah, he didn't, he didn't really give a shit who it was. He just, yeah, like he'd slap you and yeah. But. Superb, absolutely superb. Uh, Woody, on on the the county thing, was there any anything in particular you wanted to ask about? I guess in in some ways, obviously. De Canio's era quite well known for um you know bringing in a lot of players <clears throat> and I guess from from your your point of view Aaron when you've kind of gone to that high of you know I've been, I've got into the first team brilliant or first team squad if you like and then all of that you know and you're probably staying there and then all of a sudden I think especially January transfer window we brought in quite a few and it's kind of how what was going through your mind then? Was it kind of like, oh, I'll just deal with it and work hard type thing? Or was there actually, oh, shit, I'm going to be put out of my place a little bit now. I might end up having to 
go back to the 18s permanently type thing. I just um, nothing nothing in my mindset changed up and up until Christmas because I think I think that was the year we played Liverpool in the FA Youth Cup um, at the county ground, and he when I went into the first team, him obviously it was well documented that him and Paul Bowden didn't really see eye to eye, mm-hmm. and I used to say to him like I want to play a game. And he'd say, no, you're my player. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not actually getting any game time. Like, can I go and play for the 18s? And he'd, from like that October until just before Christmas, whatever, I didn't play for for a few weeks. And I was like, I just want to play a game. And it was like, not even joking, it was the night before Liverpool. And he went, yeah, okay, you can play tomorrow. So all of a sudden I'm like, shit, we're playing Liverpool. <laughs> I was like, I haven't played in a few weeks. And now this... I was like, I think he was doing it on purpose to maybe like test me or something. I'd, and he was like, yeah, because Paul was like, I don't think you're going to play. And then he he got a message through saying, yeah, you're playing tomorrow. So I was like, right, okay. Um, obviously, it didn't go well, did it? We got battered. But um, yeah, and then uh, a few weeks after that, he let me play uh, another game because I think he could see I was just itching to to play a game and not just train. And then that's when I got injured. And then, yeah, in that January, players were coming in, players were going out. But, yeah, I was just sort of just going along with it and trying to deal with my injury and things like that. And, yeah, just trying to keep my head down, really. I um, Oh, sorry, go on, Woody. I was going to say, kind of connected to that, you said about Decanio and Bowden not necessarily seeing eye to eye. Um, And I know that he was quite happy to have an argument with Fab in public, but... The were there any times where you would say now, now you probably can say it that Decanio maybe was out of order to his staff, not necessarily to his players, not about his players, but did he have any open arguments with his staff that kind of maybe left you feeling a bit awkward, a bit like when you're on the bench and he's punching dugouts and stuff? Yeah, I think uh, without sounding harsh to the others, so you had. Fabrizio was brilliant. Um, Claudio, the fitness coach, Dominica, the goalkeeper—they were all brilliant. The the masseurs and the physios and like really good guys, but they were they were just shit scared of De Canio. Like anything he said went. And similar with the players, um, but yeah, you feel sorry for these guys because he's saying like their story. I don't know how true it is, but from what the lads said, their stories of like them getting back late from a game and all the staff around his house like analyzing the game and it's like mate it's like 11 at night we've just got back like we'll do it tomorrow but he was so obsessed that they did whatever he said basically um and obviously on he used to scream and shout at Fabrizio and he'd tell like Claudio to go and do this and like um but in terms of Paul Bowden I think yeah he just don't know why i don't i don't know the full ins and outs but um he just didn't really like him and i remember being in the youth team before we before i went into the first team and we walked we had to walk past their pitch to get to the changing room and we were walking back and um claudio comes running over and says to paul like oh he doesn't want you to watch the session and we're the youth team trying to learn off these players and he waved us on, so we all had to go inside. We couldn't watch. And I think that's just because the Kanye was 
Basically. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've I've heard stories about that as well, and I wonder. <clears throat> sometimes I wonder because Bodin obviously is is a legend of the club. Um, you know, I know De Canio, footballing legend, of course he is, but yeah. in terms of Swindon local fame, if you like, whether it was two things, he wasn't a De Canio appointment, unlike the other coaches, um, and then also maybe the fact that you know, like because Bodin is a legend, it was kind of like he almost wanted to give that message, no, nobody's bigger than me here at the yeah, club. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is the feeling I got. Challenging another alpha. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's how I read it, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, and uh, and it is, it's an interesting theory because it sh- goes to show kind of the differences in types of managers, doesn't it? We, we've spoken many a times like, um, you know, kind of Martin Ling, for example, being kind of all about the backroom staff all about kind of putting your arms around. Whereas you've got kind of like the Canio Cluffs, even Ferguson to a certain extent, were all kind of, this is about me. Uh, but yeah. it did it, like you said, that was a great question earlier, Fifey, about does it help the players in that aspect? Because then they're not looking, you know, you look at now, like nobody's going to be looking at Flynn. Everybody's going to be looking at Charlie Austin, you know, yeah. because yeah. Charlie Austin is the icon at the club. Um, so yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. And, um, because it was actually one of the seasons I didn't go to. That was probably the <laughs> one season. Every time yeah. you say this, it makes yeah. me laugh. Yeah, it was. I decided not to get a season ticket that season because I tried to go back to playing, and yeah. um, obviously that worked out for the better. Um, <laughs> but the, um, but yeah. So, but it, it's. I so I just rely on what everybody else tells me, and I know a few of the staff there that were kind of just after him or just before him and stuff like that. Um, what um. I do have one more question about that area, era, and feel free to to to, to avoid the question. <laughs> <laughs> um, he had quite a bad relationship with Kate Cady, didn't he, as well? If I remember rightly. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I I I don't actually know the full details, but I, obviously, uh, she used to be with Nutty with Jeremy with Jeremy Newton, and yeah, I don't know. I, I know he made her cry. Um, I'm not entirely sure what it was over, um, but I know that. Well, you can guess, can't you? Not being being a bit yeah, of an yeah. aggressive man, um, you can make an assumption. But yeah, uh, and Kate was the loveliest woman ever. And I've actually, since I've left, I've actually been back to see her when I had a problem with my foot, and yeah. she helped me on my recovery with my shoulder and. So I can't say a bad word. And I I know she wouldn't have done or meant to do anything to annoy him. Yeah. Um, but obviously working closely with him as a physio, something must have kicked off. It, but um it makes you yeah, wonder about know. sorry. Sorry, Aaron, I interrupt you. No, no, no. I, I just don't know the full ins and outs myself. Um, but yeah, she was pretty upset by whatever had happened. It makes you wonder what what like Decanio against Ali Willits would be like now, wouldn't it? Because she she's one to stand her ground, isn't she? So, um, but yeah, it'd be yeah. I knew I knew Kate kind of as well because her best mate was my housemate. So um, yeah, I was always quite interested in terms of you know how she was doing, and I think she had not long left Swindon. I think when when I met her, so it's just yeah, yeah. it's always just quite interesting because he did have that kind of. I'm going to call it age, age old kind of way of looking at things that, you know, yeah. it's, um, 
I don't want to say sexist. I think that's probably quite harsh because I think it's a a cultural thing rather yeah, than a cultural as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. but it was always it was always the interesting kind of stories that buck up about like the Bowden fallouts how he could just pretty much use Fab as a punching bag. <laughs> Not literally, by the way. Bloody hell, I don't want to well, a lawsuit, lawsuit on my hand. Um, there's, enough, there's enough lawsuits going around social media at the minute. We don't need to get involved in that particular spat. Yeah, um, yeah I've only been on the BBC once. A <laughs> um, couple of... Just a couple of things to pick up, if I may, and then, and then I'll move the story on, so to speak. Um, these... Uh, should, should we say these heated discussions that, that you may or may not have been around to witness between he and, and his staff, were they generally legible as in, in English for you to fully understand what was going on? Or, or were they going at each other in Italian so you had no idea what was happening? Oh, no, no, didn't have a clue um, <laughs> half the time. But we had our secret spy. We had Rafa. We had Rafa the Beatles, so, <laughs> Just uh, translating for you all. Uh, it'd be like... Um, like I, I haven't watched Love Island in the past few years. I've seen bits of it, but yeah. they do like a movie night where everything's revealed. Yeah. Um, and that's what we were like. We'd all be in the changing rooms and Rafa would be like, right, he said this. Uh, he said he's going, back. he's going back to Rome tomorrow. So Christmas party's on. We're all like, getting there. We can, we can go to Liverpool for our Christmas party. And yeah, but yeah, he was just shouting nonsense in Italian and, you didn't have a clue, but then you'd always find out in the end, like what was actually said. Um, so yeah, big up Rafa for that one. <laughs> it, reminds, Rafa. it reminds me of those soccer AM scenes, doesn't it? Where they've got when Jose Mourinho was at Spurs and he yeah. walks in talking to Portuguese and Leslie King's just there going, Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> <a great ending. laughs> Um, You've mentioned Fabrizio a few times there. Now, we've been fortunate enough that, that he's been on Fools um, in, in the past as well. And whenever the managerial job becomes available, there's one of our panellists in particular that's very, very vocal about wishing he would come back and take it. Do you think, from your experience of, of him as a coach, do you think he is of that standard that would be required to, be, to take that leap to be the head coach at an English football league club? I think he's um, with Fab. When, like, what people don't understand is what it was Decanio's way. So, like, I think Fab was there as assistant, but Decanio was so into it. He took every, like, every part of the session. Um, but I, I remember Fabrizio sort of saying, like, right, if you're going to come on, look at look at Aidan Flinty, uh, Joe Devera. Look, look how they strike the ball long because my my long passing was never my strongest point. Um, short passing, we used to play out from the back when I was younger, but I'd never been able to sort of uh, grasp the long ball. Um, Continental long ball, we like to refer yeah, it to. Yeah, yeah. We, we never play hoof ball at Swindon. No, no, no. <laughs> but it was weird because I'm a big centre-back. I should be able to do that, but I that was probably one of my weak points. And he pulled me aside and he was like, me and you together. So some training sessions would be me and him at the end, just out on the pitch, practicing long balls. And um, so he did a little bit of coaching, but from what I've seen since he's actually left and where he's been and what he's done and he's um, he's gone through his badges and he's taken the time, he's very, he's 
a very intelligent man. He's learned his English wasn't that good then either when he was back at Swindon. So that's come on leaps and bounds. And um, look, why not? It's why not? The people people appoint appoint managers who probably haven't done as much as he's done in the game. Um, I, albeit in Italy, and I know he was in Finland. I think I actually spoke to him when he was in Finland. I said a message on LinkedIn or something briefly because I was obviously in Sweden. Um, but yeah, why not? It's, he's done his homework. He's got a bit of experience. Um, I'd, I'd say give him a chance, but it's whether obviously the club think that's the right thing to do or I'm not, I'm not too sure, but they've got Michael Flynn in now who's, who's meant to be a really good coach. So maybe in the future, maybe Fab's one maybe for the one future. Day. Maybe one day. Um, you've kind of mentioned it already, but it all it all kind of took a turn for you when you found out that you've been running and training and playing, but while having a, uh, I believe it was a foot fracture. Yeah, so, yeah, I played a game. I think we played Yeovil, uh, just a youth team game, and literally the last kick of the game, the lad headed the ball out to me and... I saw my name in lights up at Liddington, six foot, whatever I was then. It was coming out to me on the volley and I've gone to boot it and matey boys blocked it and put his foot up. Like that. And I followed through and smashed this uh, on the top of my foot. And I didn't think anything of it. So I think I had a week off because it was bruised. Um, and then I was back running, but I kept getting this pain. Um, I was strapping my foot up. I was taking painkillers. And then when Decanio left, I think, was it February time he left? Yeah. It was like the February he left. And um, I said to Paul Godfrey, I said, I said, um, Paul, I said, my foot has been killing and I've been training on it for like the last four or five weeks. And he said, right, we'll get you a scan. Like now he's gone because he wouldn't have wasted uh, scan money on me. Uh a youth team who's just training. So um, I was like, please, like, I think there's a problem. And turns out I um, fractured my navicular. And they said, you're so lucky because if you can keep going on that and, and it gets worse and worse, it's just going to sort of like crack. Yeah. And they were like, and then you're looking at like major issues then. So, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, that's sort of, that killed me. I come back, I, I think I went on loan to Chippenham to get fit and different managers come in and whatnot. But yeah, that was sort of like the start of the slippery slope, if you like. And you've been very open in the past and very honest about, you know, you, you were a young professional, you just got into the first team. Okay, you weren't getting the minutes on the pitch that perhaps you were hoping for, but you were in and amongst the group and and then this big injury happens and then you have to kind of rebuild all over again. And I say you've been quite open and honest in the past about how you struggled to deal with it at that time. Yeah, it was because uh, I'd never, I, I was never one for getting injured up until sort of the point that it really mattered, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so when it got to the crunch time, then I started like just before the victory shield, bang, uh, fractured ankle. Um, what else? My shoulders, I... I was messing about down the park with my mates and uh and I'd like rip my shoulder muscles and that kept me out for a while and then like it was just weird little things and what were you and your mates doing at the park to rip your shoulder muscles off? 
I've, I've, I fell off a zip wire. Of course you did. My arm, my arm flung behind me and I felt like a crunch. And yeah, I'd like torn the fibers in my shoulder muscle or something like that. And it was just weird little things. And um, oh, I get abuse from my friends all the time, like you're made of chocolate. And uh, But it was true. It was just like... You were our version of Jack Wilshire at that time. Yeah, yeah. It's like Swindon's Jack Wilshire. But um, yeah, it'll always be like, what if and... I'm always the one who never played, but was like doing sort of, well, I'm not doing well, but was there was a bit of hype around yeah. the youth team games and things. But, um, but yeah, I look back now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything that I did personally. Um, Cause I, I felt like I put in the work and things like that. And, but yeah. Um, you, you kept trying to rebuild. You had, you've, Went to various sort of the local non-league sides as well um, after leaving Swindon. But I, I'd like to talk to you about going out to Sweden. Yeah. And your your adventures out there, if I may. Yeah. I, uh, when I left, I had Colchester lined up. So I had an agent at the time and he was like, right, Colchester want you in for like an initial month um, and then they'll see how you do. But I just couldn't, I couldn't get going. Um, after the injury, I, I did my own fitness and, but my sharpness, I was, I was a yard off here, a yard off there. And especially being so tall as well, I always needed to work on like my sharpness with the ball, my quick feet. Mm -hmm. And I just wasn't there. Um, I went to, I think I played, I turned up at Mansfield, did a training session and Jamie Sendles White was there and me and him centre backs just training and I just thought I'm not I'm not with it I'm I'm two yards off the pace here um and then yeah I stopped playing for a bit uh signed for Froome, Wantage, teams like that uh just local teams and then I had a message from this Swedish guy saying do you want to come out to this tiny little village in Sweden and and play full time so yeah that's how that come about and and what is it or what was it, I should say, about that kind of offer? Because qu quite often we're... Um, a, a lot of British-based players are isolated. There's very few. It's it's happening a lot more now where you see the likes of Jude Bellingham going out and yeah. you know pl playing at a high level in, in foreign countries. But uh, particularly at this point, it's very rare British players are really going abroad. Um, so what was it about the opportunity to go to this little village in Sweden that you thought, do you know what, actually, yeah, let, let's do that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, he said about it and he said, they've got an English manager and basically where it was, it was, um, it was like the fifth tier at that time. So I was thinking, fifth tier. I was like, Jesus, like, what's this going to be like? And um, it, where it was, it was like 50 kilometers from the central point in Sweden so I'd done a bit of Googling as you do. And I was like, there's literally nothing there. And I was like, everything's telling me not to go, but I really want to go. I d it was like a weird, a weird thing. And I spoke to the manager, Brian Wake, who, who eventually went on to, to be a coach at Ostersund because um, yeah. he'd done so well. Um, he, he played in the lower leagues in Scotland. He played for Carlisle. Gretna, Green at Morton. So I'd not really heard of him, but he spoke like he spoke really well. And 
I could just tell he understood football and he said, honestly, if you come out and 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 play here, you'll get your love back for it. And and to be fair, I did. Um I spent two years or two seasons there and yeah, met some great guys, some some boys I'm still friends with now. Um, one of them who I actually returned to Sweden at a different club to to coach with. Um but yeah, it was just a all round brilliant country, nice people, um, brilliant experience. Was it a, was it hard to adjust to a, a slightly different lifestyle? Because, you know, we're, we're all familiar with, with the hustle and bustle of essentially, I think, I think Swindon's officially England's biggest town. It's bigger than a lot of the cities in the country as well. And then you've gone something completely different. Was it, and obviously, the, the Swedish way of life generally, uh, based on the, the stereotype information that we get, is, is different to the English way of life as well. Yeah, it just, uh, it it was weird because we got there and I remember um, the manager sort of having individual meetings with us and he was like, he was like, if you're fully focused here, you can leave here and go on to something else we had um well before i got there there was a lad curtis edwards who went from there to osterson so he played in a trial game and they ended up signing him so he jumped like three leagues uh to the top top tier so yeah and he was like look you're not going to get away with anything here everyone knows everyone i think there was 500 people in the village and 75 percent of them were over 85 or something stupid like that it was, uh, <laughs> so we had a petrol station a football pitch a gym and a little pizzeria and a shop and that was it um so it was sort of like the perfect place to go and don't get me wrong when i first got there i was like what the hell have i done like there's nothing to do um you just train go to the gym but it's probably what i needed um yeah. so yeah, it was brilliant. And when the time came, um, you you then, as you said a minute ago, you then went into coaching, and you said, yeah, you said you went back out there to do a bit of coaching out there as well, didn't you? Yeah, so I did two years playing, and then I was close to going to Dundee um, okay. because the scout I was in touch with a scout, and he, you could sort of live stream our games and. Um, <laughs> he watched one of them and he was like, oh, I'm going to get you in. And like, it sounds like it's an excuse, but the, I think it was the day after I got back, the manager got sacked. So I was due to go up the following week and I was like, yeah, of course that would happen to me. Um, yeah. Brilliant. Uh, and I said, what's going to happen? Cause they had a game against, I think it was Hibs behind closed yeah. doors. So I was well excited. And he said, look, we need to wait for a new manager. We don't know what's going to happen. And that never materialized. Um, so I thought I'm not really going to go anywhere with football anymore uh, in terms of playing. Um, I've had good experiences, things like that. But I'm I'm not going to exactly come back and, and join Swindon in League One or League Two. It, it might be like Chippenham, which, which I was fine with. But I thought, what's the next best thing that's going to give me a bit of longevity? Yeah. Um, and I thought I want to I'd love to be a coach and, and try and pass on some knowledge to to some future players. So, 
yeah, um, spoke to my mate and we went out and did a, um, a women's youth team. So again, something completely different in a new part of the country, um, but something again that I really enjoyed. And, uh, and Woody's a lot more accomplished in this particular um, field area than me, but it's it's widely known until more recent years, uh, women's football in particular, a lot more highly regarded in places like Sweden than it was in England. Um, so could, did you recognise that even taking on a, a taking it on at a youth level that it was it was a, a higher thought of product than perhaps it would have been had you done the same over here? Yeah, they they look all all the girls out there. They play football, but they also play every other sport going. Um, I don't know if you've seen that paddle. Um, it's a bit like tennis and squash mixed together. And yes, they're obsessed with that over there. Um, so it's come out over here now, but they've been playing that for, for ages. And all the girls, they play different sports. Um, they're proper passionate about football, the girls that we had. Um, and the team that I actually went to, um, they'd won the league. Um, a few years previous um so i wasn't just going to a team where it was like oh we'll see what happens they this were a team that had won won the swedish women's league uh ptia so yeah they'd played in the champions league and the facilities were good and yeah as soon as i got there it was difficult because i didn't know any of the language at this point and my friend was fluent so he's from hull but he's lived there for like 10 years so he's trying to Explain you have this strange thing. hybrid sort of hull Swedish accent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his Swedish is probably better than his English. I'm sure yeah. you won't mind me saying that. I mean, yeah. Um, but, um, it's close enough to the Vikings anyway, isn't yeah, it? So, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hull. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was the whole, like, uh, they would speak in Swedish and then we'd only speak english unless rob had to explain something they didn't understand but somehow it just worked and i picked up a little bit of swedish as i went along like over the couple of years i was there but yeah just so like over there it's, it's they're so passionate about about their football especially on the women's side um and i think that's sort of after what happened with england um I think it's sort of filtering out now, and it and it yeah. will grow. No, absolutely. Um, and when it was time to come back, if if I remember how the story played out, it wasn't necessarily your choice to come back at that time. Was it a, a visa issue? I seem to recall. Yeah. So, um, with Brexit, it's so hard to get a visa out there. Um, and I applied for my visa thinking, yeah, brilliant, because we trained four nights a week and then we'd fly to games in Stockholm um, regularly every other week. We'd have our home games. And because out there you've got to stay in education until you're 18, 19, 20. So these girls are going to school all day and then we're training every evening. Um, they're not getting any money for that until you get into the first team. Yeah. So it's not like here where when you're a youth team player, we were getting paid. Not a lot, but we were getting paid. They don't get that until they sign that professional contract. So basically they come back and they said, whoever it was who made the decision, the border, 
they said assistant manager is not a important role for the development of Swedish women's football. I was like, all right, cheers. Thanks for that. Um, and they said um, it's not classed as professional because they don't get paid. They're, they're in school. But I was like, well, they're training full time. They're acting like a professional. Yeah. Uh, doing all this training, going to the gym. Um, but yeah, so basically turned around. I tried applying again, uh, got rejected. And yeah, after three months, I had to come home in, in May last year. So yeah, that was that. <laughs> and you've gone, you're, you're still coaching now, aren't you, back, back here? Yeah, so I, I work full time now. Um, I got myself a job and I, I work full time, but I thought, what's the next best thing? And I nearly took up a role within the academy, actually. Um, I passed the interview and passed the practical assessment, but I spoke with my partner and I've always wanted to sort of set up myself. So, um, yeah, I offer one to one coaching sessions, group sessions, like in and around Swindon area now. and sort of do that on the side of my full-time job with a view of it maybe getting maybe bigger. If it, if it doesn't get bigger, it's it's a passion, it's a hobby that I enjoy doing. And it's also a little side hustle, if you like. But yeah. it, I'd love it to be full-time, my own business, uh, permanently full-time. So we'll just see where it takes me and, and see what happens. And when you say one to one, is, is that your your taking local kids, or are you are you taking sort of non league players, or are you still you know is there is there the odd pro still that you're that you're to talking to and, and coaching? And literally any anyone who, um, I always sort of pride myself on being sort of honest and. And modest. I'm never going to go up to someone and say, "Oh, your kids should come with me." I put it out there on social media. If if you want to get some extra coaching, then then give me a message. And yeah, I've got I've got two girls involved. Um, uh, I've got a nine year old. I've got a couple of twelve year olds. I had um, I did a couple of sessions with Bill Bowden actually. Um, so I had a chat with him a few months ago, and I said. Um, probably not what you want to hear because you're just about to fly out on holiday yeah but when it's time to do some running do you want to come in for a session <laughs> and uh he was like he was like yeah i'd love to to be fair he's brilliant he was like yeah i'll come down he was like i don't just want to go out running on my own because he said he loses that motivation yeah. um so he said if you're there um and I actually tried joining in with him. Um, I don't know why, but <laughs> I didn't realise how fit a League One player is. Um, yeah, I, it's fair to say I was sort of like trying to catch him up. Um, but just to give him that little bit of motivation, help him with, with his sharpness. We only did a few sessions, um, but that's that's all he wanted. And, and I was just happy to help him out. I keep in touch with him now and then. So... Yeah, the range is girls, boys from six years up. So if anyone feels they need a bit of guidance or whatever, then yeah, I'm happy to help. Little side note there, Woody. We uh we, we may as a fan base question a few of his career choices in terms of clubs, but uh young uh Bowden Jr.'s done all right for himself, really, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's done all right, yeah. <laughs> all the all the young ones seem to do all right, to be fair, and then we let them go. 
Um, no, but yeah, get your get your details over to Fifey, and we'll retweet and yeah. repost oh, and all brilliant. that. Thank your, you. your details, Aaron, and appreciate we'll, that. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll be happy to uh, happy to share all the details out so that people as long can as any content. talented girls that are sixteen or older, you just point towards Bassett. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is this is all I'm doing now. I'm just facilitating links. Wifey's yeah. my agent. <laughs> um, Aaron, I've I've really enjoyed this, uh, and I'm conscious that we're already uh, past ten o'clock, and and you have other things to do. But I was hopeful I could just uh, keep you for a few more minutes, just to go through that sort of quick fire teammates yeah, no problem. style yeah, no questions. Problem. Um, oh, that's that's really nice as well. Um, one of our one of our friends, another sort of podcast that, that we work with, Lower League Look, uh, said that they'll happily share your details out as well, Aaron. So uh, we will Thank pass you. them on to them, and they'll put them out on their uh, highly successful social. Yeah, media. they got a lot more yeah. followers. Than a we lot are. more followers than <laughs> us. Um, so here we go. Uh, most skillful player that you've trained with and played with, uh, Alex Pritchard. Oh, what player? Is this Swindon? Is this Swindon only? I mean, you can, you can. Uh, it's ideal for the audience if you can keep it Swindon. But if there's someone okay. specifically we'll that that you want to give a mention to, by all means. Uh, yeah, I'd say. Well, Bill was very good, but um, yeah, Alex Pritchard, um, very skillful player. Um, oh, what we could do with an Alex Pritchard right now? <laughs> yeah, some of the you. Well, obviously, you'd see some of the goals, but that was like. The first time it was like, wow, he's just done that. And then after that, it was like, oh, that's standard Pritch. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's just like nutmeg someone and, and like bent it in the top corner, um, which is what he did yesterday and the day before. And so that just become become normal for him. But yeah, I'd say in terms of like quick feet and like the odd little nutmeg, I'd say Pritch. Uh, the funniest teammate or the joker um there was a few uh, gary roberts probably uh just i don't know it's, i'm a liverpool fan and i just love anything to do with liverpool and he's yeah. a scouser and i don't know like even when you couldn't understand him you just laugh same with Cy Ferry, really. <laughs> just funny like two funny guys like playing jokes every day um yeah, I'd say Gary Roberts, Cy Ferry. Just those Scouse and Glaswegian accents. Yeah, yeah just nod if you don't understand that. <laughs> and the uh, and the hard man? Uh, Alan Cormack. Standard. Just, uh, yeah, standard. Yeah, just like, I used to say to him, like, why are you so angry? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Why are you trying to slide tackle the Canio? Yeah, yeah like, I'm trying to take out Claudia, and but he's like very like old school, but tough tackler, solid centre half, centre mid, wherever. Um, just proper old school, yeah, good player. Well, actually, on that one, what I was going to say to you earlier, and I completely forgot, is again, you might not have got the uh, the game time you were hoping for, but you certainly stayed in the first team longer than. Um, uh, Kamazi, the really angry Italian oh, yeah. centre back. Do you know what we played? Um, we played Bristol City in a uh, like a reserve or whatever you called it. Yeah. And um, this was, yeah, Kamazi played, and I was on the bench. I was only about 
I must have been 16, um, 15, 16. And um, within, I think it was about, because I remember Nathan Thompson was playing. We had quite a strong team. So it must have been international break or something like that. And mm -hmm. we just sort of organised this game. And I think it was like within nine minutes, he was off the pitch. And I was warming up and I was like, what's that? He got sent off in a reserve game against <laughs> And then I was on, so I was like half buzzing and half like, "What? What's just happened?" I didn't actually see it. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was him. He got sent off in like a, after. Yeah, seven that's what Swindon fans know him for. He's getting yeah. sent off. So. <laughs> um, who was the best trainer? Ooh, uh, Cads probably. Paul Caddis just. What's yeah, you just imagine Kite just like he was like also one of the probably one of the best players in the squad. Not not your not your flary type player, but every week you knew what consistent you consistent like, eight yeah, out of ten, nine out of so ten consistent. You could probably you'd probably have one bad game every few months. He was just and and he'd say that himself if he had a bad game. He was quite honest and open, but yeah, I'd say <laughs> And the worst trainer? Uh, apart from me. Um, <laughs> um, I'd probably say... I'd say Sai. Not, not because... <laughs> I'd say Sai because, like... For me, this is me personally. I just couldn't take I couldn't take him seriously. <laughs> like... Just, like with Gary Roberts, he had that bit of like he could be a bit aggressive and he'd get wound up if something went wrong. But you just look at Sai and he'd like be smirking and you'd be like, like, why are you laughing? Like it just used to put me off. Um not necessarily the worst trainer, but it just looked like he worst was, person to like, train with. Yeah, taking the piss all the time. Was, but yeah, probably him. Uh fastest. Oh, Miles. Oh yeah, um, rapid. Yeah. Uh, Another one who went on to do all right for himself. Yeah, still good mates of them. Me, me, um, Frano, Mark Francis, Lee Bedwell. We got a group chat. We went went to Ibiza the other week for nice. a little weekend away. So we still keep in touch. But um, yeah, like he is, he's rapid. When he first came when we were 16, it was always, um, I don't even remember, Alex Hemchel, who yeah. City. And he was, he used to run with the ball away from players who were trying to catch him up without the ball. And I'd never seen someone do that. Quicker, even though you had the ball. Um, and then Miles come along, and Miles was like Alex, but stockier and like more powerful. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was scary um, how quick he was. Mike's asking here, uh, did Troy ever train? Yes, he did. <laughs> he did. Uh, and do you know what? If if his knees were good, he would have he would have been unbelievable. He was like Oh, he was on Ledley King. Yeah, he was like quick, strong, could head it, could pass it, could tackle, um, was like a really nice guy off the pitch. Um he just couldn't sort his knees out. Um after every session, you'd just be there with like you walk in and it was just normal to see him with 
two ice packs on his knees. And it's a bit of a shame because a shame. he used to work his nuts off as well. He was always in the gym trying to, and then he'd do one session and bang, uh, one little turn or, but um, what a play. I'd love to have trained with him more to like learn off him. Um, you, obviously you had others there. You had Wardy and Flinty and Joe DeVere, but he was like sort of my type of centre-back, if you like. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, best and worst dress sense? Um, Andy Williams, probably worst. I just, I like, lovely guy, but just your standard jeans and a tee. Like, <laughs> but, but wouldn't mix it up. So even on a night out, like... Just the same jeans and a tee. Yeah, like, like, go on, put a little, like... I don't it's know, like Homer back Simpson's there. wardrobe. Yeah. Back then, put a cardigan on or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. something else, like, in there, but... Um, best dress... I'd say I'm going to give this to Wardy, because, little backstory, we went to Liverpool, and obviously he had the whole... Peckham Beckham look or whatever people would call him um, <laughs> and we went to Liverpool on Christmas too and we were all on the bus um, obviously having a few drinks and he sat there uh, with a Guinness of course because he was like the healthiest man ever so he was like oh I need to get my iron in um, <laughs> uh, he's just uh, does have the same back. effect <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's um, he sat at the back, like writing notes down, and we're like, "Oh, come on, Wardy! Like, put put the ball, literally put the ball away for five minutes. We're going on our Chris." He was like, "Oh, I've got to get this done." We woke up the next morning, and we've opened. We stayed on the Albert Dock, uh, and we had these nice apartments. And we were like, "Why is there someone led on the floor?" And honestly, Wardy was still in his like blazer trousers. <laughs> and we were, it's Wardy. He was like smashed. And he just went, oh, you're right, lads. Like, he couldn't get in the room. So it was on the floor. <laughs> room. And um, we went, Wardy, like, we're getting ready and going Nando's. He didn't even shower. He just went, like, he just looked exactly the same. Like, my hair would be, like, all down here. Like, <laughs> my face and, like, he just literally went, oh, let's go Nando's then, like that. Still wearing his blazer and like his shirt and it just looked immaculate even though he'd spent about five hours on the floor incredible um, uh, brilliant best dressed, and, I'll give him that. and final one uh best and worst taste in music see i i think i can't remember what have been wes who was on the music um and to be honest i can't really remember what he used to play but <laughs> It seemed to seem to be all right. So yeah. I can't remember anyone complaining. Um, but yeah, I think Wes was DJ. I think someone else might have given it a go for a bit. But yeah, with the with the music, I think everyone was sort of in agreement, and I think he played, it to Wes. played some good songs. So I can't remember anyone moaning too much about it. Put it that way. Nice. Um, Aaron, it's it's been really fun. I've I've loved listening to it. Thank you very much for your time, um, and and hopefully hopefully you've enjoyed it as well. First and foremost, sort of recollecting some of these stories. But uh, I'd like to say, if if you're willing to, and you and you think of any any more, then you're more than welcome on to, to share some more stories at a later date. Yeah, no problem. No, it's been it's nice to sort of 
look back because um, you speak to people about it and they they just start singing let it go to me and i'm like oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to just have a chat about it sometimes isn't it just talking about absolutely it. yeah thanks thanks for having me on tonight it's been it's been a pleasure no worries and be sure to send us all the details so we can share them out on our socials and we'll uh we'll speak to liam at lower league look as well he'll share them out on on theirs as well yeah brilliant thanks for that guys appreciate thanks aaron it. thank you very much Cheers, appreciate aaron. it yes thank you take care Bye. <clears throat> really uh really enjoyed listening to to aaron there woody i'm, I'm sure you did as well and if, like say uh, you said at the start you were interested to hear his story and it was a fascinating story about how every time it was it was just there and like these various injuries that he picked up just yeah and i think i think in some ways fair play to him because you, you i think sometimes we forget even at this level we forget that footballers are human and you kind of think if you put yourself if i put myself in aaron's situation you know heaven forbid what's going through my mind is you, you know especially the whales calls ups and things like that and you just get into that level and then it just swiped underneath yeah. your feet and um but it's good to see that he's got you know so many memories from it as well and uh i know he's well thought of as a coach as well because i know obviously i know a few and still colleagues and still local so. of course he uh it's like he said is uh i think his mum it was moved back to to wales his dad's still based out uh line and way uh raf based yeah. and uh he's still north swindon st stayed local to to where he knows yeah yeah and his and I, you know his colleagues speak quite well i think I think I remember his last day actually at Foundation because I think Mayalo had just started there, if I remember rightly. Um, and uh, yeah, so yeah, another you know, and, and what a guest as well. Do you know what I mean? It was, it's, and I mean this in the greatest respect to him. It similar to what Rob said there. It's, it's kind of we could get the sci fairies on, we could get you know things like that on, and all of that. But well, we couldn't, but we could try. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and when we do get a big guest, it gets taken away from us. Um, but the um, <laughs> but it's just kind of like it, it, it is sometimes quite nice to see a perspective from somebody else who's in the background who's not been in the shining light and actually has had a lot of involvement with the first team squad. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. like even as a youth player getting stepped up, you just think. How's he had that much involvement with yeah. the first team squad going away with them and you know traveling around the country spending all that first time team training? Because I, I don't I very much doubt well, actually probably different this season, but previous seasons, the under 18s probably don't get that much of a look into the first mm -hmm. team squad. And um, no, it's really, really insightful. And from your own personal perspective, I can't remember if I flashed this up earlier or not, but our dear friend Mike, he did send in a question. <laughs> Why is Woody on when that. there's a guest? <laughs> yeah, because I can't because because I know of him a bit better. <laughs> so, um, no, it was um, yeah. I I I forgot there was a guest until about an hour before. So you're quite lucky because I might have found a reason not to not to be on. But Jess uh, agreeing with good. Rob's earlier comments saying Rob's right. Yeah, I, I yeah. thought Aaron was a quality guest and yeah, really. Uh, and, and if he has switched on just to see what we're saying about him after he left, you are Jeff definitely more than welcome to come on again. Uh, please don't be a stranger. Um, two gentlemen who have been waiting to be called back. Uh, one of them's just kind of been like, oh, no, I'm going to get called in. I better, better sharpen myself up. So let's bring him back onto the screen. Welcome back, Nick. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant, Fifey. Yeah, really, really good guest. Really relaxed. Good stories. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, enjoyed it. 
really yeah, good. Yeah, really, really, some really funny, like a really important story, like his story, but yeah. the side story, some of the stuff about the canyon, that's super. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, I love that bit at the end about Ward as well, going to Nando's. <laughs> that's my favourite story. You can get rid of yeah. all the Decadio stories. It's just, it's just the fact that I could picture it now. That was the worst bit when he was talking, but I could literally picture Ward just getting up and just going out. <laughs> right, lads, probably not even spilt a beer on him. Ah, it's good. Really good. Yeah, I loved it. And uh, despite our reputation of perhaps being a little bit negative these days, it can't be said that we uh, ask and you shall not receive. Liam's asking for Ben. Here is Ben. Fuck off, Liam. (laughs) 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 And, uh, And as promised, you've got change, sir. You're sporting the new shirt. I am sporting the new shirt. Yeah, there we can't go. See the, can't really see the magic roundabout, but I'm sure there's a, a me permit. Just a, there it is. There's the magic roundabout. God knows why. I do not want to be known. The club does not want to be known for bloody roundabouts. It's a song, <laughs> isn't it? Inbred some roundabouts. Don't advertise it. Uh, gentlemen, before we, we discuss uh, the latest preseason fixture, which Nick, you were in attendance for, and uh, Ben, before we discuss the busy week that we had. <laughs> yeah, I take all of a second. Um, can we can we take a moment just to discuss a couple of other things, get some admin out of the way? In fact, Woody, let me come to you first because I know uh, for personal reasons you're not going to be here for Friday's episode. So let me fire out a quick question at you. Uh, first, how's preseason going? Up the bass? Yeah, it's going well. Uh, we had our first preseason friendly yesterday against a new team that asked us to play. Um, asked them to play them. Um, Obviously, um, I say obviously, I mean that in the greatest respect. We did win. Um, I was a bit annoyed that your sport were there filming it, to be totally honest. Um, two reasons one, because uh, obviously it was quite a harsh scoreline, and um, you know, we didn't we wanted it to be quite a, a game that they wanted to play a team that are well established, and the other because I had trialists playing and I didn't really want, <laughs> didn't really want bloody players plastered everywhere, so um. But yeah, no, it's going really well. We've had really good numbers. Um, you know, the I'm still getting messages at the moment asking about coming along. So um, I think we're going to have a really strong squad this year. So it's uh, and uh, obviously it's exclusively revealed ten minutes ago. You've now got that direct link with Aaron as well for yeah, any exactly. promising young yeah, yeah, players exactly, that he's yeah. coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to oh, be excellent. like a reverse sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> and um, next Friday, or oh, I say next Friday, this coming Friday, uh, obviously we'll be reflecting on any Swindon Town news from the latest busy week that I'm sure we're going to have. Uh, but uh, we're also going to be looking ahead to the Women's World Cup. But you're not going to be available for Friday's episode, Woody. So uh, let everyone no, know what you're up to. Tattoo. And uh, I'm at the and... air tattoo. So if um, if if it goes all right, which I, I, normally they're probably still working at that time, I might try and try and join, but. I don't want to promise all of my two fans out there, one being <laughs> my auntie. Um, so, um, but the uh, yeah, I'll try, I'll try and join because obviously I think we're expecting a guest, aren't we? Um, a dear friend of ours. For, dear for friend show, of ours, so, yeah. Yeah, so um, I'll try and... Um, well, obviously we'll be talking Swindon Town first, so we'll, we'll leave the, uh, the Women's World Cup preview as late as possible. So if you can join us, it'd be excellent uh, for you to do so. Um, and of course, Nick... Um, we, we can't say it enough. We we are I've had the ticker going along the bottom the whole episode, but we uh, we just want to keep highlighting our upcoming live show. Yes, really looking forward to that. Uh, I think things are moving along pretty well. 
Um, we've got, uh, as we've been pushing out, plenty of things for the auction. Yep. Um, I've got managed to get the print from Dan Designs of Charlie signed by the man himself. So it's not it just a reprint copy. Is his actual signature done live. So uh, that's a really the, uh, good one. We've got the prints come as well. Yeah, they're really the smart, they are. Yeah, yeah, I think there might be uh, a few of us bidding for them. <laughs> yeah, are we, are we allowed to, actually? Nobody in the room. Yeah. In the room. Just are we allowed us. to put bids in? And, and what's what's on auctions? I have said to the guys, um, so these come um, Saturday. Uh, yeah. Very thankful for James. I will go out and I will make sure that they are framed ready for the night as well. Um, they're not just going to come like that. Don't worry. But uh, I haven't had a chance to go to town. But yeah, so we, we've got those that we've added. We obviously spoke previously. Uh, ben, I know you were impressed that the club were were Sorry, uh, donate a season ticket to the auction as well, among yeah. a number of other things that we've already promoted. <laughs> if it goes for less than two hundred quid, you'd be sat next to me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Um, Mike said, uh, in terms of your earlier comments, Swindon thought the song was they should play in red and roundabouts. <laughs> and uh, Liam, he, he, he's saying a joke here, but to be fair, he is trying to help us get additional auction lots from throughout the Football League. Um, he said, bet you can't wait to bid on a signed Bradford City ball that I've got I for probably, you. I probably would as well, because I've got a couple of footballs. Yep. That, I, uh, that I have in my price. None, none as stupid as low as Bradford. But the, um, <laughs> um, I've all, I've got, I've, I've, I was tempted to put it in the auction, but I can't tear myself away from it. You know, they re-released the Mitre Ulti Match Ball. Uh, like they, they only made, I think it was about three hundred of them, um, wow. and I won one in a competition. It's like the Ult Ultimax 95, 1995 Premier League ball. Oh, it's a beautiful you open it. It's got the smell of that lever. Oh, oh it's lovely. Oh, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't. No, part myself. no, no, keep it. They're going, they're going for like already going for four hundred pound on eBay. Sometimes I was like, if I don't, if we didn't get that on the auction, I'd be so sad. <laughs> However, <laughs> it, it looks like Liam says he's not joking. He's actually got the ball for us. So it looks like we may have his signed Bradford City ball as part of the auction. As well, we know how much he loves Swindon, and Swindon fans love Bradford these days. Oh, it's his second club, isn't it? He often says that he loves Swindon. <laughs> yeah. Ben, if I was you, I, I would make sure you listen to the next episode of the Real EFL podcast. Uh, I think you'll find it very enjoyable. Oh God, has he slagged me off? No, he, ha he hasn't. He hasn't slagged you off at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're in it, Pipey. Are oh, you on it? I'm on it, mate. Yeah, yeah, I'm on it. I'm oh, on it. dear God. No, I, right. I, think you'll, I think you'll appreciate everything that's said from a Swindon perspective. Um, so, yes, um, just just fi finalising that one, we, we've passed now. Um, yes, we've definitely passed. We're well over halfway in terms of uh, tickets gone. So, there are only a few left if you are interested. As we've said all the way along, there is no cost for these tickets. Uh, or no fixed cost. Uh, we've got a just giving page. Uh, we ask whatever you're comfortable donating from, you know, 50p to 50 pounds is the way I described it, whatever you're comfortable with. If you could just speak to any member of the regular Fools panel, we can give you the link to our just giving page um, and then we can allocate you some tickets and email them out for the night. That's Friday, the 4th of August. Um, and yeah, we've got our live panel. There'll be a plenty of audience interaction quizzes. I know, I know our dear friend Mike has already sent me the first two rounds of the quizzes. He's very much enjoying being part of the preparation team. 
And we've got Defend the Indefensible and, of course, the uh, the highlight of Nick's night, the charity auction. But, uh, Woody, you want to say something? Have I, have I just seen that Liam's coming down? He is. So for, for an extra competition we could do, for five or a pot, we'll put him in the stocks and you can... Oh, what, could you imagine how much money we would raise if Swindon fans <laughs> got to front? That would be amazing. Actually, is, we, is we, he we, not being a chicken up north somewhere? No, no, so they're away at Crawley opening day. Ah, so you just travel so across. So he's stopping at us halfway day. down. Yeah, 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 I get it. Go on, Liam. Yeah, we, we, we could use <laughs> the football to put, put him on the spot and fire the football at him to see who could get the most shots in. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so and, then, and then the chicken's walking around of a limping crawly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, very much looking forward to welcoming Liam as part of the uh, the rest of the guests already. Uh, signed up to come. Um, oh, fair play to him. Yeah, follow you, again. We're, we're sharing details out on all of our social media. In particular, uh, there's a on our Facebook page. There's a Facebook event as well where we're putting all the auction lots as as they get delivered and ready. So uh, keep your eye on all our socials for more information. But please do get in touch with any member of the Fools panel, and we'll be able to sort you tickets for the event. Um, <laughs> Liam said, "There you go. Look, Liam saying anything for charity. Let's do it." <laughs> So there may even be a chance to fire a ball at a Bradford fan. There we go. Um, Pre-season then. And, uh, well, if we have been negative, then there was... Ben was right all along, wasn't Nick? There was no need because clearly HMS Pissed the League is fully in action now. (laughs) Well, I was was thinking about this and we have been accused of being negative. Um, It's probably more to do because everything's been so quiet but mm. I, I was thinking about it and the starting lineup on saturday and we've plussed them and i reckon we've probably got another four players currently good enough and if we take last season lindsay was pretty clueless as a coach in my opinion yeah agreed then we had gunning who was our deal is Mark II, just attack, 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 attack. Oh, then we had Morris, who we know for a fact lost the dressing room. Mm. And from all that, we still managed to finish 10th, which is probably quite a good achievement, actually. Now we've got... That is politician-level decent... spin, that, Nick. <laughs> well, listen on. Now we've I got you well, a manager, my son. decent manager at League Two level who knows what he's doing, who's not going to go out stupid, uh, spending stupid money, because we haven't got any. We know that, whatever the club says. Um, he's, got a way, he's got a way of playing, the way he's set up on Saturday, three centre-backs, overlapping centre-backs. They're going to be very, very mobile. Um, the team he put out, uh, for me, that team, as it is, We'll finish higher than we did last season. Now, whether we get high enough is a different matter. Um, the squad depth isn't enough um, for a full competitive season. So we do need additional players in. But to me, the way he's playing, and the, I'll tell you what, the most interesting thing I've read that he said, and it's something we all agree on, that a certain player drives him mad <laughs> and if he can get that lad playing because he has got all the attributes to be a top class footballer and if he can get shade doing what he should be doing 
that's going to be a massive bonus for us. So I'm I'm really optimistic for the season. Would say with a few more signings, and 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 we're going to be there or thereabouts. So there's a positive spin. Uh, we're, we're we're looking good. And, and and one other thing to add to that is, um, he changed the team at halftime. Pretty much youth team came on. We have got some cracking youth team players, and it is such a shame that we aren't in some sort of under twenty three league where mm. they can get regular competitive football because that's what they need. And if we had that, you know, it would be such a massive benefit to the club overall. And say they're, you know, they're they're young lads. They're so skillful. Obviously, they need to harden up to League Two level. But the only way they'll do that is be by playing regular competitive football. So I guess most of them are going to go out on loan. But there are some really, really good players there. So yeah, the the, the day for me, uh, Saturday, it's hard to judge because of the opposition. You know, it, it was 5 nil, yeah. and it could have been so much more. But as um, Mike said, Forest Green got a good draw with them. Yeah, and we were somewhere in the middle. Rovers beat them 9-0. You know, we beat them 5, um, Forest Green one each. But one player I was impressed with, and I've been critical of the signing, the keeper. Now, he didn't have much to do save-wise, but balls coming into his area, he was commanding. Um, vocal... For someone who's just come into the club, he bossed that defence. Well, he it's, absolutely it's bossed them. Because um, I think it was, I think it was Mitchell on Twitter earlier was was telling me that um, his main concern right now is that the goalkeeper is very vocal. Charlie's very vocal, but it's very quiet between them. But but he was very uh, one of the few positives he was giving me earlier was that the goalkeeper was very very vocal. Yeah, he, yeah, no messing about. And the way the way we're going to play, he plays as a sweeper. He's he's on the edge of his box. He's cutting things out, coming through. Because I say, with you know, playing a back three with overlapping centre halves, he's he's got to be bloody mobile and and be aware of what's going on. So for me, you know, Flynn knows what he wants, knows how he's he's going to set up. He's not going to uh, be chopping and changing. Obviously, there will be games where he might want to need to change it for various reasons, uh, tactically. But uh, you know, I'm I'm confident that we're going to have a cracking season. And um, can I, uh, Woody? Actually, let me ask you from a tactical perspective. One thing I was quite concerned about um, is if this is our style of play. Fine, that that's up to Flynn. I was quite concerned that we're we're essentially playing two fullbacks at centre back. I mean, for, I haven't, admittedly, I haven't seen them um, in action yet. But it would concern me if we're going in with Lavinia and Blake Tracy with only one recognised centre back. Um, I don't, I don't think I'm necessarily worried about Blake Tracy. Um, I don't want him there, but I don't think it would be enough to worry me. Um, I think. I I think I said on after the Supermarine game, um, we've got Brewett, we've got Clayton, we've got... Um, uh, Taylor Moore, missing? possibly, whatever his name possibly is. Possibly Taylor Moore. Um, and, you know, there's a rumours going around of another one coming in as well and things like that. So I, I, I think, if I'm honest, I think he's looking at players like Minton and I don't know if Minton's injured. Um, yeah, I think he is. If he's injured, then that's that's a different story. If he's not injured, it could be just Flynn's way of saying, 
sorry, you're not going to make it. And I, you know, and I'd accept that. It's going to be his team at the end of the day. Um, I think. I don't think we will start the season with two fullbacks um, at centre back. I think we will sign centre backs. That's the one thing I'm quite confident of because centre backs tend to be a bit more readily available um, mm-hmm. than than mm-hmm. other positions. Um, well, I put a tweet out today with just a, a random bunch of free transfer options. Yeah. I think five of them were centre backs. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So I think I think even you know without your scouting, Fifi, you know there's. there's <laughs> There's going to be there's going to be a few. I mean, there's talks about that lad from Tottenham as well, isn't there? If that was him in the picture, that the club have posted it. Malak. Oh, is that the one we couldn't sign last season? Yeah, it, it must have been. So I was just thinking, was it him? And he was a defender, wasn't he? He's a big yeah. Tall he was centre back. Yeah. So I'm quite confident. I think if there's anything that I'm confident with Flynn about, and I'm confident with a lot of things, to be fair, but he's going to be able to recruit a centre back. He he knows a good centre back, and I'm I am confident on that aspect. What I'm not confident in is whether we've got the money to recruit the level that he wants. Um, you know, there's all sorts of, and I hate rumours, but there is rumours going around at the moment that we've had players turn us down already this preseason. That's my main concern. That's mm. my concern. Not that Flynn can't identify these players, because I think he will. It's whether we will actually sign them. Um, I do think we need more in midfield um, for that. I don't think we've got a strong enough midfield. Um, but yeah, I think... I kind of agree with Nick. I didn't watch the Malkshan game. I watched the Supermarine game. It sounds like he set them up quite similar way. Now, I know we're playing the opposition, but the style of play doesn't change to, you know, the style of play was still there. And it wasn't a typical hoof it forward. It was, especially against Supermarine, it was quite get it get it forward quickly. Yeah. Um, which I quite liked. And I'm going to assume we did that against Malkshan. Yeah. Five goals. Yeah. Um, you know, so which will favour players. It will favour Charlie Austin. It will favour players like Wakelin and Shea to a certain extent and things like that. So I I think I've kind of said, probably been, you know, I've got splinters in my ass all, se- all pre-season <laughs> in terms of I'm I'm confident that we will have a better season as it stands than last season. I, you know, I think definitely um, that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to finish higher, but I think we'll win more games. But I think teams around us. I think what the difference is, teams around us are dictating where we're going to finish at the moment. We yeah. need to. We need to Get make involved in that conversation. We, yeah, we need to make some key sign-ins, um, and then and then and then Flynn's got the back in. As I said in the chat, Flynn is a good coach, but there's going to be players that won't develop under him. There's going to be players that will develop under him. Yeah. Um, that's just the nature of football. I've had players that have excelled under me, gone on and done crap everywhere else, and I've had the, had the opposite way round. Um, so, um, but yeah, I think I don't, but to answer your initial question, cause I've absolutely rambled on there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he'll start the season with Lavinia at center back. I think he'll want him further forward. I think he's putting Lavinia there at the moment just to get minutes in his legs. Um, okay. and he's a defender. I hope so because I, I personally do really, and I've, I've said to you, haven't I, Ben, I really mm. rate Lavinia and I actually think he's a better player than Hutton. So if we were to lose Hutton, I wouldn't be too concerned. Yeah. Um, because I actually rate Lavinia as a better player. Well, that was most of the fans thinking and if Hutton were to go, I guess it's all right, we've got Lavinia, who's every bit as good, if not better. And he's and he scored a few goals last season, scored some crackers. And, you know, he, he can he, he's turning to the next uh Iandlo, um, where he's pretty versatile. I can say his name now, he's left. Um <laughs> yeah. 
Um, that, that's your parting gift to him. Is to learn that's my thing. parting gift. I say it right. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of agree with Nick what he said at the beginning as well. Uh, something that I've said as well. Um, I do think, and I've always said this, uh, that Lindsay was a little bit tactical inept. He couldn't change games in the middle of games. He didn't. Um, he had one way of playing, no plan B. And if it wasn't working out, it was just plan B or different plan A with different players. Um, and I think um, he was a good man motivator and he was a good coach in that sort of sense. And, you know, players wanted to play for him. He just wasn't very good. Um, I think, yeah, um, I think with um, uh, with Morris, um, I think he was a lot better coach, a lot more tactically astute. The, the formations were a lot more fluid. But, he didn't want to be here. Um, I, I think in his mind, it was he'll piss League Two and then a better club will come in for him. And then when it worked out, it wasn't going to be easy as that. He just didn't want to be here. And he just had that whole feeling of just like, just get me out of here. And I think the players picked up on that and it went shit. So yeah. uh, I think I think the players will respond better. Um, obviously, we don't know that for sure, but I think they will respond better. Um and I think Finn's quite happy with the core that he's got, but it, there is an imbalance. There's a terrible imbalance of youth and, and players around, you know, 30 years and experience, that sort of area that he needs addressing. I think he's struggled to get these little players in. I also believe that we've missed out on targets we want to get. Um, I believe we've missed out on at least two. Is, is yeah, I think, I think there was a... There was a write-up that we missed out on Parkinson on a late night, a last minute. He was lined up, and then last minute, he was gazumped by Walsall, who obviously splashed in the cash. And, um, yeah, and then um, I, I believe uh, the Northern player that, that was hinting about uh, was Regan, who signed for Oldham, which, yeah, which was due to, literally, he's a Northern lad who wants to move back north. But we opted more I do wonder if like kind of our wage model is kind of we want to spend the bigger wages on the more forward thinking players. Yeah. And I also know, that's think... why we're getting loan keepers in every year. Um, you know, that's why we get the lights of and I mean this in the greatest spectrum, this is why we get the lights of Brewett. Um, you yeah. know, because we don't want to spend the big money. whereas you think of Naturally, all the big money earners are always going to be the forward players, aren't they? They're always going to be the the wingers, the goal scorers, the creative midfielders. But we're, you know, I just wonder. I I wonder if we're really too imbalanced, as you said, Ben, in terms of mm. in the defensive scale. I think I think we are going to have to punch the market to get a big, yeah. a big money, big money defender. I think we, we, need, we need we need a market yes because we've got a Johnny Williams hole needing to be filled. We've got no number 10. I know he's put... Um, uh, what's his name? I completely forgotten his name. Five piece okay. player. Kane. Yeah, Jake Kane in number, that number 10 role, uh, which he looked all right there in the last game of the season, but I, I, I wouldn't want him to be the number 10 for our season. I don't think he's got the qualities to lead a promotion push. Um, but I, I personally think they're looking to shift players before they bring that sort of attacking player in. I think there's something in the pot, but he wants to add to it and get a quality one. And we, we, we want to shift before we do that. And I think he's having trouble shifting the players that he wants to shift, which is why he suggests. And I think there's a core of three or four players he told are free to leave. And the agents are probably sending their CVs off left, right and centre. And But they didn't really impress last season. So it, it, And they're probably on half decent wage here. So we can't get rid of them. 
So something's going to have to happen and shift there. Yeah, no, definitely. Picking up on a couple of things you said there, actually, Ben. If if it was my choice, and I know my opinion is irrelevant, I'm just throwing it into the discussion part. Um, if we're if we're looking to make one big signing and then have hmm. sort of squad signings around that, I don't need it to be a, an attacking player. We've got Hepburn Murphy, we've got Wakelin, we've got hmm. Austin. Hell, Adeloy scored at the weekend, and and the he amount did. of he... messages I got about Adeloy, I would much rather um, that it's either a proper central defensive midfielder yeah. or a proper i mean i i put out on twitter today as i say that list of players who are still available on free transfer it's not going to happen don't get me wrong but you know we we jokingly say about that blow your socks off signing if we do mm. swing in town turn around tomorrow and say we've gone big and signed harley dean fuck me i'd be yeah. delighted i would be mm. absolutely ecstatic if we got a player of that caliber come in um yeah now ben i've got a couple of questions for you um great and and these are these are genuine. This isn't me trying to trick out a certain answer so that we can have one of our elongated debates. This is genuine. Um, it was obviously reported and reported with an element of of detail behind it that we were set to have the busy week that we've all joked about. Yeah. Um, now, previously, you obviously tweeted that you were a little bit concerned, and those concerns have since allied a little bit. Yes. Are yeah. you not necessarily concerned? Are you slightly frustrated that? nothing has happened this week yeah i'm a little bit i'm a little bit you i'm i'm of the opinion that um long as because i'm hearing flynn's quite still quite relaxed and he's all right for the budget that he's got though he is a little bit frustrated that things are moving a bit slowly um that obviously can change if things don't move quite quickly because we're now what's it three and a half weeks now to the season starts so you, you really want the ball moving quite quickly as an ASAP, possibly this week, really. I'm, as in you know, ide- we can talk about it. Yeah, so uh, ideally, we want all these players in before pre-season starts so they're all together. That's clearly not going to happen. So there's going to be a little running in period. And the last thing I want is another 3-0 defeat on Harrogate first game of the season. We want them going to Colchester, and I don't want to go all the way back in there to get dumped 3-0. <laughs> But I want this to be ready. I think we'll be better than we were against Harrogate because our preseason is clearly better and we're looking okay. But um, yeah, I, I think I think there's going to be yeah. I I I, I, I think he, he he he's quite willing to hold on to get to the right deal to get the right player in, I, uh, and I'm confident that he will. Uh, I have faith in he will. That faith is a little blind. It is a little blind faith. Because it has to happen. Because I will be gutted if we finish the season 18th, and it's going to be one hell of a backward step. Um, you know, I'll just sit in a dark room for a while because I don't think I'll be able to take it. So, for my own sanity, I'm hoping he, he pulls a couple of rabbits out, and then we all sit there going, "Do you know what? What we're all worried about?" But we'll see. We'll see. I I I still confident have faith that he'll get it right, even though some of that faith's a bit blind. <laughs> but I think um, he'll get it. Little side note, thank you for it. I can see Liam's tweeted out from Lower League Look about Aaron Oakley and, and people are starting to like it and share it on social media. Thank you very much. Um, the second thing I wanted to ask you, you, you love a transfer rumour, don't you? I mean, we all love a transfer Oh, rumor. I love you, transfer window. You in particular. I like, love it because I, I like other transfers as well, like other clubs doing things and I just transfer, get really into it. A transfer rumour to you is, is essential. Oh, <laughs> Ben? 
Yeah, sorry, I flashed. I don't know why. It, it's actually pissing it down outside. I don't know if it's the weather, but... Uh, a transfer rumour to you these days is exactly what Nuts and Zoo magazine used to be like, isn't it? So let me throw a couple <laughs> oh, of names I used at you. to buy both of them. What I used to work at Curry's and my little lunch break is walk off the shop, buy both of them, just sit down and look at boobs. It's brilliant. They used to do it anymore, but they used to do like top 100, top 100 girls. And then used to sit through them. Great. Sorry, I'll be quiet. We lost a couple for you here. So we'll start with Rob's. Uh, got another signing rumour for Ben as he loves them. Declan Frith from Aston Villa is doing the rounds. Yeah, right, there's a transfer site, a mysterious transfer um, had the site called Jimbo. And he he, he not got any followers. Yeah, and, and he just type in a name and then that'll be it. And about <laughs> a week ago, a week and a half ago, he put this player on there. Um, he's a left back. I looked him up because of it. He's a left back from Villa. Um, and that's all I can really tell you. He's got not many games under his belt or anything. He's he's very much a Sandro signing. <laughs> he's a young up and coming prospect. I did notice but, um, um, in between, as I said, I, I was recording on, on the Real EFL earlier, so I had a very short window between podcasts. Uh, I did notice a picture started doing the rounds on social media, and AC's uh, messaged in as well to say, lad in pick might be Sebastian Raven from Villa. So clearly our links with Villa are still there. I have no idea who Sebastian Raven is. If it is, awesome. I hope he's good. There's one to get the old wiki out for after that. Well, that's what I'll do soon as we're done. I'll type his name in and see if he's good and See if he's actually played in EFL games. Um, someone I I stuck a cheeky mention in our uh, in our WhatsApp group the other day. I can see Liam's uh, Liam said it here as well. Uh, Jake Young should be top of your list. Omar Bogle yeah. will be too. Yeah, I was chatting to Jake on the WhatsApp group, the uh, lower league group WhatsApp group today. He mentioned him. He said something that we should be interested in. I think it, that just he said um, he said he ripped Warsaw a new one last year when. Um, uh, when Flynn was in charge of Walsall, and he's available, so be surprised if Flynn's not at least inquired. Yeah, well, I believe... Um, but that's not a proper link, really, is to, it? <laughs> no, no. I was talking to Liam about him the other day, and Liam said, uh, much the same, very talented player. Um, he fell out with Hughes, but the fans still like him, and apparently uh, Walsall did put in a bid when Flynn was in charge, so he wouldn't be surprised. Oh, if did not know that. So, so let, let's just throw that out there as a link. Why not? Well, it, what do you know? It, it, uh, yeah, he said he's an attacking. He can play number ten. He can play wing. He can play striker. So if he can be that number ten role, we are looking for one. Maybe he'll come in and get him when the price is right. But if he's at Bradford, he's probably on a pretty penny. Um, and if he was on Bradford and playing regularly, he's really on a decent wage. And that expectation has got to be lowered, as well as moving from north to south. And that's usually quite a big thing as well. So there's a lot that's got to happen. Yeah, all of a sudden, I don't think the move would be that. I don't think the move would be a big issue though, because he was a Forest Green. Oh, was he? Oh, I didn't oh, know that. Well, that wouldn't be a problem then. But again, our well, wages might be wait unless they loan him to us, which we don't really want. No, but um, no, so Nick, let me start with you. I'm just going to throw a couple of names at you, and uh, you let me know if you think they will and if they will soon. Okay. Okay. Uh, Lewis Ward. Yes. Do you think it'll be soon? Yes. Okay. Uh, now, forgive me if I pronounce this wrong. Uh, is it Demetriou, one that's just left Newport? 
Um, I don't know. Is what, just what, what position just is he? For now, yeah. And what? then you and Woody can jump in. What position afterwards. is he? Centre back, I believe. I'm right there, aren't I? Um, I guess that's probably a 50 50. I don't know. It depends. There's, I think I said on one of the previous pods, every ex Newport player is being linked with us because mm. of Flynn. But is Flynn thinking? Well, they were okay at Newport, but they're not what I want for Swindon. So I don't know how interested he would be in those type type of players coming up. So probably a no then. I'll say a no on that one. Uh, Taylor Moore? Difficult to say. He didn't have any defensive work to do on Saturday. Um, he, he did the basics very well. He's not the biggest player. He's not that big commanding centre half that we we all talk about. Um, he looks decent on the ball, but he had so much time that um, there was no you know attacking threat against him. So it, it's hard to judge him on the bit he played on Saturday. So um, whether he would come in as you know like a, a Bruit squad player what we think is a squad player. Um, yeah, we need to see him against better opposition. Uh, Malachi Fagan-Walcott, the infamous Spurs player that was all but signed yet still didn't sign. Um, if it's a permanent, probably money would be an issue. So probably not. Uh, Liam Kinsella? No. I think, it, I think that would have been done by now. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, and let's throw one more in the mix, just for good measure. And then oh, uh, Ben Woody, uh, once uh, once Nick's had his say on them all, if there's any of those names in particular you wish to discuss, then by all means. Um, what is the other lad from Newport? Um, Lewis. Got no idea what he is or what he's like. Don't know at all. Got, I've got no idea. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I can see, I I'm guessing... I'm not sure which one this is to, but uh, Liam was saying, yes, yes, uh, this and times yes, which he then went on to confirm meant a thousand times yes. Um, so that was to one of those links. He's very excited playing for his beloved Swindon. Um, <laughs> I'll get your shirt. Uh, I'm, I'm, guessing it's, uh, I'm guessing it's to Dimitri because he's, he's then gone on to say he's rejected their deal. He's experiencing the quality needed at the back to control that hack line. Uh, I'm presuming he means backline. Yeah, he's getting uh, too excited. Woody, any of those names that I've just mentioned there? Would, would if if you? I mean, obviously, we'd love to have all of them without question. But any yeah. of those names particularly catch your attention? Um, sorry, I'm just getting my charger out because my thing's getting a bit delayed and all of this. Can you hear me? All right. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Fine. Yeah, all right. Yeah, you're good. Um, no, Woody, we're fine. Dimitri has. To, we have to sign him. Um, I know there's the Newport connection, but that's only because he paid like 250 games for them. <laughs> so <laughs> the guy, the guy's got nearly 500 league game experience. Um, he's in his kind of early 30s. He's yeah. he's exactly what we need. Um, I, I I think if he's available, we should be the first. Uh, he's that type yeah. of player that I'm talking about that we might need to just pay a little bit more for um, mm -hmm. than the going rate and. Um, I, th I agree with Nick. I think if we were going to get Kinsella, Kinsella it, it would have already happened. Um, 
unless it'll either be that or it'll be a kind of deadline day signing because he, nobody else has signed him type thing. Um, which is be a shame. I don't want our, I don't necessarily want our starters to be signing on deadline day. No. Um, oh. I want, I want, I want August to be a month of just mm. improving, um, you know, bringing in the young loans and things like that. <clears throat> we, we need our best 11 in um, before the start of the season. Um, but yeah, out of all of those, I'd take most of them to be fair. The young lad from Spurs, obviously, if he was linked with us before, it makes sense. Um, but the um, but yeah, Dimitri for me, it's it's a ha- it has to be. It, you know, he I'm assuming he's probably still living around the air, around down south somewhere. So hopefully, geography is not an issue. Um, and it's a chance for him, you know, to play under Flynn again if they had a good relationship, and you know, potentially. If he's filling in the gaps and we fill in the other gaps, he could be, dare I say it, a promotion, a promotion um, player. No, absolutely. Um, ben, yourself, any of those players catch your eye? I agree, Dimitri. Um, I think he was um, Flynn's captain at Newport, uh, so he's a reliable figure. Um, so yeah, I, I'd like to see him. Um, I'd like to see uh, more Taylor signed up as well. Again, two promotions under his belt. Uh, for MK Dons and Forest Green. Um, I think then our centre-backs will be pretty much complete. He might want to buy or pick up a young, you know, that Tottenham lad, if he's going to go cheap and just see if he can integrate him into the squad, um, give him, you know, a couple of cup games, stick him in the Tim Pot Pay Trophy, um, and just sort of give him, a, you know, off the bench a few times. If he's playing three at the back, you want at least cover for each, so you need six centre-backs, really, yeah. ideally. So you've got cover for everyone. Uh, there's five or six, ideally, and you know that's including a youth pair. So it'd be Minturn and um, uh, maybe the Tottenham lad. Um, yeah, um, so we're definitely on them too. Um, Kinsella, I think we only get Kinsella if we lose uh, McCre- uh, McEachern. I think him and McEachern are very similar. I know. I know I've said his name right. He's pretty much due for the boot. Um, but um, So I'd rather keep McEachern, so I think he's a better player. Maybe he could back up McEachern, but then I don't think Kinsella wants to be a backup for anyone. Back player, is he? No, he's not going to come any back. We do need a big, dirty, great Anthony Grant type at the back who's just going to sweep up well, and boot everyone. On that note, I believe. Um, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt, but on that note, very good point. On that list of, of players that I posted out on our socials earlier, um, I threw one name that I was quite intrigued by to see what reaction it would get. Um, and it was Pet that's just been released by Port Vale, who, for me, fits that role perfectly. I'd have him. Um, He's been I linked before, I, I think. Sorry? When he was at Lincoln, I think he was linked before. Um and yeah, he's. I think he's got promotion under his belt for Lincoln. Unfortunately, he's done that for that small yeah. club in Stoke. Yeah, he did that well um, for that little tiny little um, insignificant club in Stoke. Um, I think he did quite well for them. So obviously, he's someone that I'd be, I would I I want players that have succeeded at this level, um, and he would fit the bill at that sort of. So yeah, ideally, um, I think Lewis you mentioned as well. I think he's at Mansfield training. Um, yes. So I think I think yeah, I think I think they get first dibs on him as he's there. They're a bit like more Taylor with us. Um, if they can't agree a deal, then more Taylor will go off. But um, a bit I like think how far was at Swindon until Warsaw signed him. Well, yeah, that's it. They just came in the streets and just took him. But then they've got 
they're, they're going for it this season, aren't they, Walsall? Um, <laughs> by one way or another. Liam's bizarrely got involved in the chat. Uh, I'm in Pet's Discord server, and he seems more interested in streaming games at the minute than football. It's bizarre. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, let's let's flip it round uh, for for one final question um, for the evening, as we just tick over the two hour mark. Um, if Swindon are to, um, let's say, have a, a have another busy week of nothing <clears throat> happening, uh, let, let, let's say we have the delight on Friday of talking about one new signing. Uh, what position are you hoping that signing is in? Uh, I will start with Woody. I'd like to be surprised. I want to go holding midfielder. Okay. Uh, Nick? Same. Yeah, de definitely we need somebody in there. That the Forward line, we're okay. we got enough forwards. Um, and certainly if we give the service to them, I've got no major concerns there. Centre-backs, we're almost there. Full backs, we're, we're get a yeah, divine uh, fit. Divine? Yeah, well, we might see it this season. Divine intervention. Um, yes. So, yeah, we de definitely need that in the middle. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred thousand percent. Ben, I, I, I think we get a full set with. The, I would say a defensive midfielder. Um, I think. Uh, as sort of an attacking number 10 and a defensive midfielder is where we're working short. Um, I think he's going to, the next player will be a centre-back anyway. Um, but I think, because I think he's working up from the back, working up, um, which is the right way to do it, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I th I'd love to see a good, solid, quality, experienced Anthony Grant type. Not Anthony Grant, though, he's too old. Um, centre-back, centre-midfielder. Um, okay, reverse order. One word answer only. How many new players will we be talking about on Friday? Ben? Two. Nice. Nick? That's just what I was going to say, two. Okay, Woody? Four. Ooh. Nice, Woody. <laughs> so there I you have love it, ladies that. and gentlemen. Uh, clarify, is that the ladies' team or the men's <laughs> team? <laughs> <laughs> the lady, ladies' team are going to announce the match. <laughs> it, it has They're to be said, mad. to be fair, Swindon Town women have been making uh, a, a fair number of additions and they've been signing some of the, the higher-profile players up to, to one- and two-year contracts. Uh, and I know uh, it's it's been some impressive business. So, fair play. Oh, we did actually have a comment I meant to come back to. Uh, let me just scroll up and find it very, very quickly. It was from here. It is Justin B. Uh, saying, will the FRI guys be sponsoring the two ladies again for the STWFC next season? Super work covering the women's game. Uh, thank you. We, we, we will be continuing to cover the women's game. Uh, we've been talking within our WhatsApp group about what we're doing sponsorship-wise. We definitely want to continue supporting Swindon Town women. Uh, where we can. We're waiting on the new information coming out. We believe as we, we sponsored uh, various personnel over the course of last season, we'll be getting a, you know, we'll be getting an email uh, very soon as to do you want to carry on with such and such person. But obviously, everyone that we sponsor almost has, has now gone. So we'll, <laughs> we'll have to pick a fresh. Uh, but yes, I think the plan is definitely to carry on our association with Swindon Town Women where possible. Um, and what we do with Swindon Town men, we get to decide because we're also talking about spreading the uh, the FRI love and, and getting out and amongst the community a little bit. So uh, maybe we'll be doing something on the local local women's, football scene as well. Women's, it's got to be Grace, isn't it? 
Surely we've got. A, it's got to be yeah, but in fairness, we got to see what she done to deserve it because there's the FRI curse. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then again, maybe Woody's trying to sabotage us by saying that if we spot yeah. Grace, she'll leave. <laughs> she'll, she'll break her hand or something, bless her. And she's a good girl. We don't want that to happen. Should we sponsor the manager or something? <laughs> Uh, anyway, on that note, uh, on a week where Swindon Town win 5-0 to take our aggregate score to 7 with none conceded, on a week where both Tyree Shade and Tommy Adeloy score, on a week okay. where we've... Uh, okay. uh, and on a week where we've tried to be very, very positive. And after having two wonderful guests in the space of two episodes with Ty Belford on Friday, and I thought Aaron was superb this evening. Yeah. This has been a very, very positive Fool's Rush In. Thank you very much for your time. We will see you again <laughs> on Friday. We'll be reflecting, as I said, on all things Swindon Town, Swindon Town women, and looking ahead to the Women's World Cup. Uh, join, uh, get involved in the conversation on all of our socials across the week. And, uh, of course, as I said, get in touch if you are interested in attending Fool's Rush In Live. But for myself, from Woody... From Ben, from Nick, and from the rest of the guys at FRI, uh, have a great week. Good night. Take my hands, take my whole life too. But I can't help falling in love with you. Come on, Geraldine. Nuts Magazine. <laughs>